You're listening to the Game Street Doctors Microcast. I'm James Batchelor and I'm joined this morning by... You're joined by Chris Tring, as always. I am joined, but as not always. Always. I mean, or mostly. I'm mostly joined by you. you. Do you know what? We don't have time for banter. We don't. This is potentially no. the last microcast of the year, and so much happened last week that getting this into less than half an hour, let alone the 20 minutes we usually aim for, is going to be tricky. We start with the biggest game reveal of the last week, perhaps the year, Grand Theft Auto 6. The much-anticipated sequel to Grand Theft Auto 5, which came out 10 years ago, which is insane. Mm. Um, the trailer views alone have been ridiculous. I think it's basically, if it hasn't already, it's due to pass the lifetime views of the first trailer for GTA 5. You know, the lifetime views of GTA 5, it will have done more than that in less than a week. So the anticipation is definitely there. Chris, thoughts on... Well, first of all, thoughts on the game itself, but thoughts on the expectations around this one. Oh, I mean, it's on a different level. It's like, it, people keep saying it's the biggest video games moment for the year, but actually it's the um, biggest entertainment moment. You know, it's 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 such a it's such a phenomenal, um, uh, uh, just a game that operates on a completely different level. And, um, and it's, it's, I, I, it's just so many questions, right? You know, how does the, how will the online mode work as we move into, you know, between the old one and the new one and, and, um, if, assuming there is going to be a new online mode and so many questions around, you know, the date's a little later than I thought. I was expecting sort of late 2024, but I imagine a lot of games publishers are feeling pretty happy that it's a bit later. Um, Obviously, the trailer leaked today before. It was a little disappointing. I know lots of people were uh, excited and counting down the moments uh, to the trailer launch and the need for it to come out early. But ultimately, I think, uh, interesting, it's all things all forgotten now, that, <laughs> that little incident. Um, it's just, it's just, and the trailer was wonderful. I thought it looked, looked one, really brilliant game. There's a lot of questions around Rockstar, obviously, because, you know, different teams, different leadership. I know Sam Hauser's still there, but Dan Hauser's off doing his own thing. Leslie Benz is off doing his own thing. And, and so there's a bit of change at the top, but I, I, it certainly didn't look, you certainly couldn't tell from the uh, the game. It looked more like a more mature game as well. As in, UTA has always been more mature than I think people give it credit, but it certainly seems to be um, dealing with a, a slightly a more um, different themes that are uh, perhaps a little bit more designed not entirely to be sort of satire or anything like that. But anyway, um, I thought it looked great. Um, there isn't too much to say about it, really. It's just going to be, it's just, we know it's going to be the biggest game launch of all time. Um, when it arrived in 2025 um the question is when is it gonna is it q1 take two's financials in, indicate it probably will be rockstar tend to delay their games so is it gonna miss that i don't know um but it's um yeah uh, it's exciting were you excited james do you like it i don't know actually like, I, like it, it looks impressive like the you know the actual size of the world and you know how throw rockstar are superb at creating a world that feels like it is populating film feels like it is alive i've enjoyed all the previous gta's I, i'm just not excited about this one i can't work out why um but that honestly doesn't really matter to the grander business of whether or not i'm excited like it is coming out at a time a sort of a, a time where the attention economy has never been so congested i don't i find it really hard to get excited about mm. anything i'm a massive massive you know this mega doctor who fan so this little pit, this three weeks in period in time about the launch of Doc, the new Doctor Who episodes we've had, I seem to I actually forget the morning the new Doctor Who episodes airing that there's a new Doctor Who that day. So I thought, <laughs> there's so much. I'm bombarded with so much great TV, so many films, so yeah. many 
books and games constantly. I'm surrounded by them. It's hard to get excited when you're when you're in a tsunami of exciting stuff. It sort of dulls it a little bit in my mind. There's just too much. Um, so maybe, you know, it's a different world that GTA 6 comes out in. I think it's also like, it's, I've, I had this with Red Dead Redemption 2. It's difficult to get excited at this stage when we don't really know much about the game. As you say, there's so many questions about, you know, like the online mode, the, as you said, like a very different time. So how are they going to handle the satire or the humour uh, about it? What is the storyline? What's that going to deliver on? I found this with them. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, when they first unveiled that, it started with a bunch of cinematic trailers showing you how like how amazing it looked and a few gameplay snippets. But it was when they did the you know the 10 minutes in the world of Red Dead Redemption, you'll be yeah. walking around towns and you'll be able to interact with everything. Once I see the gameplay and what it elevates yeah. this above GTA 5 in terms of how it plays, then I might get excited. Um the the big question for me, like around from it, and you you mentioned this, is like the you know, the fact that it's coming out in 2025. I think a lot of people expected it in 2024, Q4 2024. You've written pieces before saying, you know, Q4 2024 having GTA 6 and potentially, almost certainly maybe, uh, Switch 2 release, basically a new, new Nintendo console, is really going to be a big growth driver for the industry. And without GTA 6, like obviously we still should have a Nintendo launch, but GTA is one of the few titles that I think is powerful enough to move the needle, even if slightly in terms of industry, console industry growth, I guess. In terms of our headlines, sure. But I think if you're everyone else in the industry, hearing that GTA isn't coming out over Christmas is a bit of a relief. Um, because it, yeah. every other game runs away from it. You know, your Rockstar games, you know, make massive ones like this can kill can kill businesses if you launch too close to it. Um, the um, I'm, I'm not too, I'm a little bit, you know, first half of next year is going to be brutal comps with, with this year, right? Because this yeah. year we had Hogwarts and Zelda and Diablo and, and Final Fantasy, loads and loads and loads of big games. We do have some big games in H1, but it's just not not of the scale we had last year, uh, this year, sorry. So so I do expect the first half of the year is going to be difficult. Also, I expect console sales year on year to look a little bit weaker because PlayStation 5 had that huge start driven by the fact it wasn't on sale for the majority of the previous two years. So I think we're going to see some tough comparisons. Second half of the year should be better. Starfield wasn't, you know, a big, big, big driver of numbers. Um, you know, Assassin's Creed did fine. Spider-Man's done all done pretty good. And Super Mario Wonder's done pretty good. But these games aren't Sony. You know, Spider-Man 2 isn't Sony's biggest game. And, and um, it's, it's up there, actually. But, the but you know, Mario Wonder isn't Nintendo's biggest game. It's not Pokemon. So it, there is there was this year's second half of the year, I'd argue, was a little bit weak, really, in comparison to what we usually used to having. You know, Call of Duty this year, 40% down. You know, it's it's not mm. it's not in the mega second half that we would often expect and and so i expect next year's second half with or without gta is going to be better than this year hopefully maybe we'll see um but um yeah. but uh you know with an if there's an assassin's creed that's it's been reported if there's a proper full call of duty you know so i i think it, i think we'll have to see we, interestingly the game awards didn't really give us any indication either way what the second half of the year has in store i was expecting something and, and i didn't get anything it was a 2025 for monster hunter no that so um yeah. that was interesting it was it was a lot of 2025 titles like this is something that um Rob Fahey he started talking about in his column uh, last week is about like the number of 2025 titles we we know about versus the number of big 2024 titles and but he said like I, I'm I'm intrigued to see this play out he said like this as you say like you know the fact that GTA 6 is not launching next year means that there's the opportunity for other titles to shine I'm kind of intrigued to see what does well in the absence of 2020 uh, in the absence of GTA 6 you know the sort of titles that would have been buried a bit um 
I'm intrigued to see what what kind of now has the breathing room yeah. to kind of achieve its potential. You you mentioned the Game Awards, like um, that was obviously one of the other big things last week. Um, you know, uh, really good to see Baldur's Gate three get a ton of awards. Marie was particularly delighted on our team. <laughs> She's our resident. And Baldur's Sophie, Gate I suspect, very happy with Alan Wake too. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. I th- I th- Sophie was quite happy just sitting up till 4am to watch the uh, Alan Wake 2 mu- music performance. Yeah. Even if it hadn't won awards, that would have been fine for her. Um, it was. It was. It looked like a decent show in terms of the um, winners. You kind of pointed out that a lot of independent developers won this year, which I thought was a really, really interesting trend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Remedy's, you know, quite a big company, and, and Larian's quite a big company, and they're all big investors behind it. And what is even independent these days? But yes, you know, it was nice to see. Well, yeah, um, nice to see. Yeah, it wasn't EA and Ubisoft who bring up awards, was it? It was uh, Remedy and yeah. and Larian and and the couple. You know, there were a couple of others, and then there's the indie team. So yeah, it was it was nice to see that. Yeah, independent, not indie. They're like, oh, what do words mean anymore? Um, <laughs> obviously, a round of a round of review uh, reveals. Sorry, fair, uh, fair number of reveals. I think it was, um, if I remember right, there was sixty-one reveals this year, which was fifty fifty percent more than last year. This kind of brought up the the usual debate of: Is this an awards ceremony? Is this the game awards or the game announcements? Like, I've seen columns out there saying, you know, that this should just be wintery three rather than an awards ceremony. Like. It's it's an odd one. I, I I didn't I forgot that actually this has been from the beginning. Like so, we didn't um, in our daily newsletter, which you absolutely should subscribe to, whoever you are listening. Um, we do a little section this day in games, and I actually did on Friday. It was the uh, it was like the the anniversary of the very first Game Awards, and I forgot there were loads of reveals there. Yeah, like yeah. it was like you know they it was you know, we saw the first ever gameplay of legend of zelda yeah. wii u which became breath of the wild was it so it's it's part and parcel of what the game awards is yeah. it is it is an integral part of that event but it's a question of it's the balance between the awards themselves and the reveals like what do you think of how the balance is is at the moment um it's interesting i've read there was an awful lot of um uh, uh, uh i'd say oh, it felt over the top to me outrage about the 30 seconds that developers had to speak and how, how how quick they were to usher people off stage and there is a lot of talk about the balance it's worth remembering that i i you know you, you and james you've worked on as many as i have i think video game awards in our time and we just you know that game awards don't get huge viewers like we, we love the baftas i love the baftas i go to the baftas every year but they don't get massive viewers and um the reason for that is they're not that exciting right you know it's not like the oscars or or or, or, or the Brits or something where, you know, you've got these celebrities turning up and looking at their outfits and their costumes and everyone's sort of wondering if they're going to say something funny on stage or mess up on stage. And it's it's not quite that sort of spectator sport in video games. So what what the Game Awards is, is a show. Right? It's a performance. It's, it's a very long <laughs> performance. And people, you know, the viewers, the gamers at home, and I'm being talking broadly here and generally here, they're not really interested in hearing um, game developers thanking their parents. They, they want to see the game reveals. They want to see Gonzo make some do a comedy skit. They want to see an Alan Wake musical number. They want to see some orchestras. And that is what they do. They put on a show and the show drives huge amount, millions and millions of viewers. And those viewers, you know, and if I'm and if I'm one of the winners, if I'm Alan Wake, I'm pretty happy, really. It doesn't matter if I didn't, you know, I would imagine. Yeah, speech being a bit short, a little bit disappointing, but ultimately look at how many people were watching us and pick up awards and and our game being proclaimed as one of the best games of the year. I imagine it, it's a re, it's a good feeling for them. Um, I obviously think the balance is slightly off, but then I'm 
I'm only one of the voices in this. You know, that team has to listen to what the gamers are saying. They have to listen to what um, uh, uh, the winners are saying, what the people in the room are saying, not just what people are sitting at home thinking. And um, and they have to sort of balance all of those things. And, you know, everyone's got different views on awards. My favourite example is, and he will know exactly who he is, comes up to me after the MCV Awards and says, you what you need to do is you need to add in this award, add in this award, add in this award, and also you need to reduce <laughs> the size of the awards by 30 minutes. And I'm sitting there going, OK, yeah. um, thanks for your contradictory pieces of uh, uh, guidance there. But it, it's it, it, and, and that's the thing. So I actually felt, I mean, I'm not, it's not an awards for me. It's not aimed at me. Um, it's too long. There's too much about esports in there for my liking. I, I'm not really. I I love a good, you know, developed Star Awards and BAFTA Awards and stuff. There was a bit of a few people on Twitter saying, that, you know, maybe we should we need a new awards. I've had a couple of people text me saying, what about the Games Industry Doppies Awards? I'm like, these awards that you're asking for, these awards that spend more time with developers that focus more on the creatives, they exist. There's loads of awards. There's a ridiculous amount of video game awards out there. There's the Developed Star Awards and the BAFTAs, I mentioned them, and then there's the GDC Awards and the DICE Awards. There's so many awards. And if we really, and if the media and people out there are really cross about the game awards not spending enough time on, de on developers, then I suggest, you know, maybe do a bit of extra coverage, a bit of extra support for these other awards. But ultimately, those awards don't generate the sort of attention as these awards do. And, you know, awards are always a, always a dance. Every year you get the balance a little bit wrong and you have to turn the dial a little bit one way and a little bit the other way. And then event and, you, and you'll forever do it forever and ever and ever and ever and it'll never satisfy anybody. But I actually thought the TGAs this year, it seemed quite exciting. Nobody jumped up on stage. Um, the diversity was a little better. There was a little bit about um, whether or not it should make a political message. But I also saw, I saw a group of people getting angry at the thought they would do a political message. And uh, uh, people angry at the thought they wouldn't. And I thought they really were damned if they do and damned if they don't. In, in, that, in, that, kind of, in that kind of situation, it's really difficult um, to do. And I'm not quite, I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. But um, but yeah, it was. I thought it was a solid show, um, and I think maybe I would have liked to see a bit more time with the developers. But um, I know that I'm not the audience, and I know that you know all of that all that focus on game reveals and announcements. Sure, partly commercial, um, is is designed to bring in a large audience, and it does bring in a large audience. Um, what I will say is, I find it difficult to enjoy as a Brit. I think us in, I don't maybe, I don't speak <laughs> for both of us here, James, but I, I like to think that um, we, we, well, I'm not used to the level of commercialization American events get, right? It's just, I think because we've been brought up with the BBC, who don't feature advertising at all. Um, uh, there is so many like sponsored by and insert messages and, and here's Dwayne The Rock Johnson talking about an energy drink. And it's just like, I'm like, wow, this is a bit much to me. Whenever I talk to our, our peers in, in the US about it, they, they shrug their shoulders and go, I don't know, what's the problem? I don't get it. Um, and so I, um, so I, I, do, I do think it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit more um, uh, a culture shock, I think, for, for people watching it from outside mm. the US. But yeah, I thought it was a decent show. Um, and maybe, maybe. No, I, yeah. I, no, I agree with that. Like both, both as a Brit in terms of the, you know, as, as a get on with it kind of Brit and, uh, and as a journalist of, well, what's the news? Like kind of what, what's the new thing here? Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like it can be quite jarring, like suddenly stopping for these kind of commercial spots. Um, another thing, I did, just one more factor I'd add in there, and you kind of touched on it, is the just the schedule, the tightness of the schedule. Like as you said, like we've been involved in, in award ceremonies. Like you get award ceremonies where there are so many categories. Like I, I, I've run, I, I've helped run awards where there are so many categories. There are no commercial breaks. There are no game reveals. It's just the awards, just developer speeches, and so forth. And if one person's speech drags on a bit which you know you want to give them this platform you want to give them this moment you don't want to take away from that moment because it's an incredible achievement for them you absolutely get that but equally 
particularly if it's someone early on, there's what, 20 plus other categories and 20 plus other winners waiting for their point. Particularly if you've got, you know, like a you know, particularly big winner at the very, very end, like kind of on the special awards. You yeah, have, you've had a few, haven't you? When you, you need did, to... You've had like Kojima yeah. and, and um, you've brought along... And, yeah, um, we, but, yeah. And, uh, we, had, we had to keep Kojima waiting because like, because people were, were giving long speeches. Like Kojima was our last award of the mm. evening. And so he, and he was jet lagged, obviously, having travelled to Britain. Like trying to get, get through the awards in a in a smart enough time that gives developers the chance to to say their piece but also keeps things on schedule and keeps things on track so that you're not finishing at midnight it's a difficult balance and again i was i wasn't directly responsible for this i would you know there's events managers and so forth it's a really difficult balance when you i, I can't even imagine how you handle well, that when you're interestingly then in all these celebrity we, performances and the game of reveals let's talk about you know the best place to work awards because we have all these winners at the beginning from who are just badge winners right mm. say just badge winners they're the main winners and we're having this thing where let's just read out the badge winners and not actually have them up on stage and i was like but they're the main winners we have these special awards at the end but they're not the main winners and they can do a speech and we were like, how do we balance it? You know, if they, everyone comes up and gives a talk, we'd be here all night and I wouldn't have, I'd have to pay double the, the venue costs and all this sort of stuff. And in the end, what we did is we created a video for every single one of the winners. It's a short, like, you know, it's about 30 seconds where you get less, less than 30 seconds, I think, where their staff say something really nice about their company. And we created that beforehand because we want to give everyone their moment. And that video is up online and we sort of shared all that, all that, um, all that information that's how we made everybody feel and they should feel special for winning their award and give them a moment they got a certificate they got a picture they get a little video where their staff says lovely things about them and then we move on to the next winner and that was our way of making sure the first half of our awards event runs on time and then the second half you know there were some speeches and stuff which slow which, which you can't cater for but because there's only a handful of awards that have the speech element to it um we can be a lot more flexible with that kind of thing so um, it was. Um, it, it's obviously that's how I managed the best place to work. Was the game awards though? They've got they've got skits and dance numbers and announcements. It's it's a real real challenge. And you know I I think that you know next year they'll I'm sure they'll tweak it a little bit next year and everyone have a little bit longer speeches. I'm sure they will. Um, I hope they do. But um, yeah, it is. But at the same time, I just know that everyone's got different opinion. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I find <laughs> you know I'm a bit like thirty seconds of speeches sounds ideal. <laughs> but but you know I don't want to you know take away. But ultimately, do I think the balance is off in terms of the commercialization and the and the sort of actual substance? Yeah, probably. Um, but that's that's my view, and I'm only one voice and only one, and I'm not even the target audience for the show. Last thing I want to talk about, because we are already running out of time, is uh, Lego Fortnite. So mm. this was a, a new mode added to Fortnite. It's a survival mode, kind of like Minecraft. You build houses and stuff together, but then you also like explore a big you know, open world and, and you know, kill wolves and pirates and things. Um, as you can tell, I'm a massive Fortnite fan and I play it regularly. <laughs> um, it was an interesting because this was the this is the first part of a long term partnership between Lego and Fortnite. Um, it was announced back in April that Epic and Le uh, Epic Games and Lego were going to be making various different experiences within Fortnite to create kind of a child friendly metaverse. I'll get into the use of the M word there in a minute. Um, but it was it was kind of it was. I read this. This was unintentional. This just happened to line up because a couple of the other experiences were delayed. But Fortnite kind of had a big weekend because you had Lego Fortnite launch. You then the following day had Rocket Racing, which is a new racing game from Psyonix, people who are behind Rocket League. And then the following day you had Fortnite Music Festival, which is a multiplayer music game from Harmonix, which is the people who made Rock Band. And so you had three big examples here of how 
Fortnite is becoming a platform. These are the consoles of the future, aren't they? You know, we talk about games consoles, but you should really be talking about Roblox and Fortnite as the homes for these experiences. You know, um, we've we've got a sponsored article, not to promote sponsored articles, but we do have a sponsored article going up on Games Industry Shop is, um, shortly, which is a, which um, talks to a developer who's making a game with, you know, uh, LAA in Fortnite. And it's just really fascinating, this whole thing. And these games, isn't it? look at huge games, games from the Rocket League developers and Rock Band developers and Lego um, launching, not on PlayStation, well, they are on PlayStation, but in, in, in this, in this other, this other platform. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's been a big, yeah, big, it was big numbers. That was something like nearly 7 million players. I don't know. It's just huge numbers. Amazing. Yeah. I did see like millions of people already played Lego Fortnite. Like it's, um, it, it is, it's interesting. Like I, I'm going to bring back in that, that use of M word there. Like I have seen a few pieces saying, you know, this is it. This is what Fortnite, you know, Epic Game meant when it was creating the metaverse. It's not a metaverse. It's a platform. Creating your game as a platform to play yeah, other games. What is a metaverse? Though? No one knows what a metaverse is. Therefore, it's no. <laughs> therefore, 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 this um, is it. Right? It can be whatever. You, I like. I, yeah, yeah. I used to Strauss sell on it when he said metaverse is just GTA Online, isn't it? Metaverse is just World of Warcraft, isn't it? And yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of that. Yeah. Um, and Fortnite is probably the best example of a metaverse, as is Roblox, as is like you know they they mm. those are probably the things. Um, and um, but I don't really I don't really care about the word. It doesn't really mean anything. But yeah, it's um. I do, think, um, I do think I do think it's interesting because Rob Lowe worked at Epic when he was delivering this. He was at Lego beforehand. And um, he said, I remember he used to talk at our events talking about how basically Lego would just really like looked at Minecraft and go, oh, damn it. Why didn't, why, why, no, <laughs> <laughs> why didn't we do that? Um, it's, surprising, and, and, it's, it's surprising it's taken them this long. Like I know they did Lego Worlds, but it's surprising that this looks a lot yeah, more kind I, well, of, I think, I think they kind a lot of better realised. They didn't have an in, did they? You know, how do you compete with something that has that mm. audience and that kind of thing? And it just becomes derivative. And then, but, um, and that's not Lego's way. Lego's like a Nintendo in a way. They've always had that sort of creative philosophy. And this sort of partnership with Fortnite allows them to have that sort of Lego experience, but within an existing popular ecosystem, Minecraft experience, sorry. I mean, I've not played it. I don't know how great it is. It looks really exciting. And I, I know that the Eurogamer team were pretty excited about it and that kind of stuff. But yeah, well, it's, I think we're starting to see the Fortnite vision the post battle royale Fortnite vision that we're mm. uh, um, that's uh, really coming to fruition at the minute, and it'll be interesting to see if it can sustain and, and what, where it goes from here because it's a great place to become a game developer now. It's just um, mm. I don't know if it's good or bad, by the way. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's a good thing. <laughs> it might be a good thing. It looks like a good thing, is it? Um, I don't know. It's but good, it's certainly it's a good place to practice. I mean, the, the fact that earlier this year we had Unreal Engine for Fortnite. Um, yeah. So you can create these sort of modes and experiences within Fortnite. You've got an instant platform, an instant audience in terms of you've got Fortnite, but you're using industry standard tools in Unreal Engine as opposed to Roblox, which is using its own tools. It's using its own its own kind of engine. So yeah, I think before that's... this, it was Fortnite Creator, which you were forced to use basically yeah. things that you know you could use. And I remember talking to the makers of a Doctor Who experience in Fortnite. They were game game developers, by the way. They were already doing this before Unreal Engine for Fortnite came out. And uh, they made this Doctor Who experience in Fortnite and they had to sort of basically use cups and they had to merge loads of cups together in order to create a Cyberman. Now they don't need to do that. Now they can import assets through Unreal Engine for Fortnite and to go even further. And, and yeah, it's certainly um, it's certainly fascinating to see and I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on it and maybe doing some interviews and stuff. Um, I'm sure you will be as well, James, mm. the team will be. Um, because I think, it's a, I think it's a fascinating development in the industry. It, it's changing. Like, I, I, Roblox has obviously been doing this for a while. There's something about the Lego Fortnite popular. I think I think because Lego and Fortnite are such hugely popular brands, that combination alone makes this kind of stand out a bit. Like 
you know, Roblox has done things like branded experiences, like, you know, we've all seen the Gucci shop in Roblox, something I don't quite understand how that's reaching Gucci's target audience. But like, I know there was like a Sonic, the there was an official Sonic the Hedgehog game style really experience popular, in yeah. Roblox, and that's kind of game meets game. And that's still quite popular, but I don't know, this feels like another level. So I'm intrigued to see how both Epic will continue with this and how Roblox will kind of step up and, and further what it's already doing to, to match this. Um, and slight tangent as well, like Lego. Lego's really kind of ramping up what it's doing in the video game space. Obviously, it's, this is part of a long-term partnership with Epic Games. The believe I read that the more more Lego within Fortnite experiences are expected to be announced in the early early 2024. They announced earlier this year that the uh, the long-term partnership with 2K Games. So we saw 2K Drive launch in May. Yeah, it didn't do very well. It didn't do very well. Reportedly, 2K Goal, lots of O's. Goal. Uh, the football game is due next year i believe um but i'm intrigued to see how well that does they're just they're really they're really right i mean lego's always been a presence in the video games industry for like yeah decades but they seem to be really ramping up their direct involvement oh yeah in working with these big and, then, and the other way it goes the other way obviously lego mario we've had the lego sonic and there's lego animal crossing and it's going in both directions lego's so ingrained in the video game world at the minute and has been for a while obviously but it's getting it's going further um, and even like Lego Star Wars, the Force, and it was the Force of the, the the Skywalker Saga, whatever. Last, I think it was the second or the third biggest video game of the year in the UK, right? It's just mm. there's still a big brand in video games, and it's just um, not everything works. Say so Lego Two K Drive doesn't seem to have done very well, which is a shame. Um, but it's um, but it, it's certainly um, it's certainly they, they they are really investing in it, and the the key is the stuff's good, right? That's the key thing. It's not just here's license loads of things out and hope, and uh, and just you know do that. It's like they're working on some, everything that I'm seeing from them looks high quality, and that's um, and that's what will be and that's why it's exciting. I'm going to wrap us up there because we are at the golden 25 minute mark. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Chris. Particularly because you're technically off for the year now. Oh, I am. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you are. This is just how much you love talking about games industry stuff. It's great. Um, no, this is not. This is crunch, and we do not endorse this in any way possible. Uh, Thank you so much for listening in. Um, we've got two more episodes of the full Games Industry.biz podcast coming out in, uh, before the end of the year. We've got our uh, 2023 in Review podcast, which is the whole team talking about the biggest trends and biggest stories of the past year. That's coming out in a couple of days. And then next week, we'll have our Game of the Year show, where we finally get to talk about video games that we played and enjoyed. And we get to talk as, as players rather than journalists. And uh, that's always a, always a good, fun discussion. If something ridiculously big happens in the next week, like... I don't know, Nintendo buys Ubisoft or something, then yes, we will have a microcast next Monday. If not, we will be bringing microcasts back every Monday-ish. In Every Monday. We'll do it every Monday. <laughs> every Monday. We're doing every Monday. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the ish. Um, we'll be back in 2024 with uh, microcast every Monday. In the meantime, you can listen to previous episodes of the podcast and microcast on the podcasting platform of your choice, and you can find more news, insight, and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz. 